Hey, this is Pastor Chris Sarno from Relevant Church, and you're listening to ELC Radio. Hey girls, Chris Kane here. I am so excited. Propel Activate is coming to a city near you this fall. I know that this is going to be a unique year. God is doing a new thing. God is doing a fresh thing. And I believe you are going to encounter Him in a fresh way. Don't miss out. Be in the room. Encounter the presence of God and change your world. For more info and details, visit the Elevate Life Church Sacramento app. Love God. Lift others. Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. Get ahead and accomplish things. You'll see the wonder and the joy life brings. Don't admire these. Hey, they don't admire you. Their time's limited, hard rocks too. So listen, be strong, scream, whoopie doo. Go for yours, cause dreams come true. And you'll make your mommy so story. proud of you too. And this is the message that the ruler you know, Rick threw, you know and it's true. You know what? You know what we like to party, like to party. You know, you know what? You know hey, what? We're going to jump in now to this series that I've been really studying and and getting into the word about called Crooks, Thieves, and Thugs. And uh, what this is about, really, these are talking about things that steal from the abundant life that Jesus died on the cross to give us. Now, I've been serving God. Come up in September, it's going to be 28 years that I've been serving the Lord in ministry and, and, and just traveling the world and the nations seeing believers, meeting believers. And one of the things that just bugs me is when the Bible tells me in John chapter 10, verse 10, if you don't know that verse, get to know that verse because that tells you why Jesus came to the earth. He came so that we could have life more abundantly or what we commonly refer to as the abundant life. But I also like what it says in the Message Bible, because in the Message Bible, in that everyday translation, it said Jesus makes the statement, I've come to give you a better life than you could ever dream of. I love that because I don't know about you, but I could dream pretty big. Amen. And Jesus is saying, I'll give you better than what you can dream. But then when I meet believers, and if I'm just being 100 percent honest, not trying to hurt people's feelings, but when I go to some churches I don't see us, and I'll put myself in there, I don't see us experiencing all that Jesus Christ died on the cross to give us. For most of us, we're not experiencing abundance in the way that Jesus said he would give it. So I have to deal with that. And the way I have to deal with that is understanding this. The Bible tells me that God, that Jesus is not a man that he could lie. So everything you see in the Bible has to be true for all of it to be true. If there's one lie in the Bible, then everything that we believe doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so when the Bible says that God is not a man that he could lie, that means if he said it, it's true. So if what he says is true, and this is where I want to get your attention, then why aren't you receiving and experiencing some of that abundant life? It's not the problem is not held with God. 
The problem has to be something that we're doing. And what I've found is that there are certain crooks, thieves, and thugs in our lives that cause us to, to, to miss out on the blessing that Jesus died to give us. There's crooks, thieves, and thugs. And some of you might say, oh, yeah, I know them. They live down the street from me. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about in the natural. I'm talking about things in our lives that steal from us. And, and that's what uh, crooks and thieves deals, deals with, things that are uh, steal from you. But then there are things in life that punk you. Yeah. Oh, you need to hear about this one. There are thugs in your life that they don't necessarily take from you. They just keep you from getting to what is yours. I'm going to ask this question. I know nobody has the guts to raise their hand, but how many of you in here have ever been punked? Okay, we got a few brave people. Say, so I'm going to I'm I'm keep it real, Pastor. I've been punked before. Others of you are in here going, I ain't never been punked. Shoot. I was doing the punking. Amen. Okay, we've got some real folks. Okay. If you've ever been punked, when you get punked, it's not that anybody takes anything from you. They just shut you down. They just say, hey, you ain't doing that. You're not going here. You can't come into the party. All right. You know, that kind of a thing. So there are spirits in the, in the world that you and I have to deal with that can punk you out of your inheritance. One of those spirits is a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear will keep you from taking risks. Risks that will propel you into your God-given destiny or the John 10.10 life, the abundant life. And fear doesn't have to come and take anything from you. It just has to convince you that you can't do something. And some of you have been being punked by fear for too, too long. We're going to deal with that spirit a little later on. But today I want to talk about thieves and crooks a little bit. And let's start right here in the book of Genesis chapter 4, 1 through 8. Are you guys ready for this today? All right, it says this. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fell? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, and that you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and he killed him. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you right now for your presence that is here. I thank you for everything that you're doing in the, in, in the people in this house and the people listening to this on the podcast. Father, we ask that you would continue to bless them and let blinders come off, that knowledge flood our lives so that we no longer experience uh, the, the life, uh, that, that, that the things that steal from the abundant life. Let's deal with our crooks, thieves, and thugs, Father. We need your anointing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. 
So as we start this series here, one of the first things that we have to address that steals from your life, the very first thing is ignorance. I don't know who said this, but it is so not true. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance can kill you. What you don't know can keep you from some of the greatest blessings that you could ever have. Uh, And for a lot of people, the greatest thief in your life is ignorance. Now, what is ignorance? Ignorance is simply not knowing something that you should know. I've told the story here many times, but I'll say it again because it always it, 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 it really illustrates the point incredibly. Uh, there was a man back at the turn of the century when people were coming from uh, uh, the old country, England, to the new country, America. And this man sold everything he had to buy his ticket on one of those cruise ships, one of those liners to get uh, to America. And he spent everything he had, and so he had no money left over. And so he also took all the money that he could gather together to pack little lunches, and he brought cheese and bread and things that he could eat on the month-long journey to get to the United States on this ship. And every day he went on the ship, and he would walk past the dining area where people were in there, and they're eating lobster, they're eating crab, they're having steak. Three times a day he would walk by that thing and go into his little room and have his little sandwich, amen? And he would make his little sandwich, as they say, you know, and and put his little meat together and eat his sandwich and walk by every day. And finally, on the last, almost the last day of the cruise, one of the ship's uh, people there saw him. They kept seeing him walking by. And finally, he just had enough and he stops him and he says, sir, have we done something to offend you? He's like, oh, no, no, not at all. Why do you... Why do you say that? He goes, well, I, I just noticed you never come in here and eat with everybody. And he goes, oh, it's not you guys. You know, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to come across and be offensive to you. He goes, listen, I'm a very poor man. I sold everything I had to get my ticket, and I brought my own food because I don't have any money to buy any of your food. And this man, with tears in his eyes, just he was just, he couldn't believe it. He said, sir, didn't anybody tell you that the food was included in the price of the ticket. And you know what? That's a sad story, but there's a lot of us in this room. You're going through this born-again life just like that. You think the ticket is to get you into heaven someday, and you're good enough with that. But Jesus didn't die just so you can go to heaven when when you pass away. He died to give you heaven on earth. He died to give you heaven on earth, amen? And why aren't some of us accepting that or living in that? Many times because of ignorance. People just don't know. You know, the old saints used to sing songs like, I'll fly away. You know, you guys, anybody know that song? I'll fly away, Lord Jesus. Oh, don't let me go back to old church right here. You know, they sung songs about the great by and by. You know, one day in the sky, we'll go away to the great by and by. And the promise of the old saints was that life sucks now. But one day I get heaven. But we've progressed in the word of God through overcoming ignorance to understand that there's 66 books in there full of promises about what you get now in this earth realm. There's 66 books and and thousands of promises that tell you that if you will serve God, your life here can be blessed with abundance. Can I get a good strong amen on that? So ignorance is the first thief, and we're going to deal with that throughout the series. 
But today, the thief that I want to talk to you about, that I believe we need to start this whole series and, and allow us to reset where we are with God, because this thing steals from believers that are doing the right things. And this crook or this thief is the thief of dishonor towards God. I want you to write that down. And I really want to encourage you to take notes because this is one of those series that if you adjust your life along to this revelation, Satan could stop eating your lunch every day. He could stop taking things that your father has prepared for you to enjoy. And he, he's, he's taking it from you because you don't know certain things. And one of the things that the enemy is using to rob from us is he allows us to come into this place of where we, we, dis, we have dishonor towards God and his word. Okay. Now you might say, oh no, that's not me. I love God, you know, God over everything and da, da, da. Yeah, I, I know that's why, I know that's what you think, but this is why we need to go to the word and say that and, and really, really adjust this thing. Because if I were to ask any of you in here, if you love God, well, you guys are all in church on a Sunday. Obviously, you love God. Can I get a good strong amen on that? But the issue that I'm talking about that is stealing from your life is not the issue of whether you love God or not, or it's not even the issue of whether God loves you or not. How many of you know he loves you unconditionally? If you never come to church ever again, he loves you just the same. Some of you are like, dang, well, what am I doing here then? See, that's how most people think. Well, we're here to get God to like us, to do enough so he'll bless us. Let me save you some trouble. You don't need to do that to get it. He loves you. He can't love you anymore. He loves you as much as he can. And the Bible says it's unconditional. So if you walk out of these doors, we never see you again. It'll never change the love of God. So we don't come to church to get God's love. We get God's, we come to church to kill ignorance in our lives about what God has given us. Amen. That's why I can't come in here and just share a mamby-pamby word with you about, you know, oh, Jesus loves you. Be kind to animals. Uh, you know, put the shopping cart away at the Target when you go. It's only right. It's the right thing. No, no, we can't. We can't just come in here and pat you on the back because there are things that God wants you to get that you can't get if you remain ignorant. And so one of those things that I want to start off with is dishonor towards God. So that brings us way back to Genesis chapter four that we just read about here in the very beginning. The first parents, Adam and Eve. All right. Adam and Eve, we know, made some mistakes. They ate of the fruit that God said not to eat. God kicks them out of the garden. We know the world is plunged into uh, it's a fallen state because of that disobedience. And now Adam and Eve are living just like you and I in a fallen world. And in this fallen world, God gives specific orders about how they're supposed to move in this fallen world. God says, even though I got to kick you out of this garden, even though you broke fellowship with me, I still love you. And if you want to have fellowship with me, there are requirements. And he, one of the requirements that he gives to Adam, to Adam and Eve and to Cain and Abel is that if you're going to come to me with worship, what I require is a blood sacrifice. So when you come and you worship me, he says, bring your best animal to offer it on the altar that you're worshiping at. Let me prove it to you. Go over. Let me show you here on the screen uh, over here in um, the book of Leviticus. All right. This happens. He, he gives this uh, same 
premise over to the the Israelites when the law is passed. And you read in Leviticus chapter 22, it says, he tells Moses, speak to Aaron and his sons, to all the children of Israel and say to them, whatever man of the house of Israel or the stranger in Israel who offers a sacrifice for any of his vows and for any of his free will offerings, which they offer to the Lord as a burnt offering. Now listen to this. You shall offer of your own free will a male without blemish from the cattle, from the sheep or from the goats. Whatever has a defect, don't offer it, for it shall not be acceptable on your behalf. And whoever offers a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord to fulfill his vow or a freewill offering from the cattle of the sheep, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Those that are blind or broken or maimed or have an ulcer or eczema or scabs, you shall not offer that to the Lord, nor make an offering by fire of them on the altar of the Lord. And so there's this premise that is set even before the law that if you're going to fellowship with the Lord, there must be a blood sacrifice. There must be a blood sacrifice. God says this is the requirement. It's very clear. There's there's no doubt about it. But then Cain comes along. And Cain, the Bible says, is a farmer. He's a tiller of the ground. His trade is growing fruits, vegetables, whatever, okay? He's a farm worker. Can I get an amen on that? So he's out there and he's doing these things and he gets it in his brain. Well, I know God asked for that, but it makes sense for me, because I'm a farmer, to just give God what makes sense to me. Y'all didn't catch that. So Cain is the first person to say, I know God asked for that, but I think it will be okay if I do this because it makes sense to me. See, some of you need to know that Cain was the father of that. And the reason you need to know that is because he's your father if you function like that with God. And can I just tell you, we serve in a nation where we are, we are American Christians that serve God based on what makes sense to us, not necessarily what makes sense to God. And some of us in this room do it. Oh, don't amen me. Don't shout me down now. But you know it's true. I don't understand sometimes where the Bible is very clear about things. But if we get it in our mind that we want something, you and I tend to change the way we serve God based on what makes sense to you and I. How many of y'all have ever experienced that before? And how many of you all are lying if you say you didn't? Because we've all done it. You know, statistics came out recently about how many, uh, uh, what, what is the average of Christians that bring a tithe to the church regularly? The statistics that they found are less than 50% of all Christians in America even tithe. Even tithe. They don't even believe Even though the scriptures, and I share you a scripture every single week, says that that's a part of your and I's worship unto the Lord, people will still go, well, the way I see it. And that's why I always like to revert to the words of The Rock. Y'all remember The Rock back in the Attitude Era of the WWE? He used to say, it doesn't matter what you think. Come on, tell your neighbor, it doesn't matter what you think. 
I know I must start a fight in here. But listen, it doesn't matter. That's why God gave us the word. But, but Cain still thought, yeah, I know God asked for that, but I'm going to give him this. The Bible says that Cain went and what he did with his offering. Listen to this. He dishonored God. He dishonored God. It wasn't that Cain didn't love God, because let's face it, at least he brought something. If he, didn't, if he didn't love God, he wouldn't have brought anything. So it's not a question of did Cain love God. It's did Cain honor God. Now, I wouldn't question anybody's love for God in here, but I would question your honor for God. Because honor can be measured. Listen, your kids, mom and dad, how many of you found that you got kids that love you, but they don't honor you? Yeah, just look straight ahead because you might be sitting next to them. I don't doubt that my kids love me, but I have learned something. I have to teach them to honor me. I have to teach them to honor me. Right? How many parents could say amen to that? And what is honor to a parent? It's the same thing that God considers honor to him. Y'all ready for this? Big revelation. Obedience. Obedience. That's all it is. Son, I need this done. These are the chores. Take care of it. When he doesn't do the chores, I don't run in and go, you don't love me. Because it's not an issue of love. I know he loves me. But what he's doing at that moment, he's not honoring me. And that's a problem. Now, the reason I'm sharing that is because we live in a society, and I talk about it all the time, and as long as Elevate Life Church is in South Sacramento, we're going to have to knock this spirit around. Because we live in a culture right now that doesn't honor anybody. They don't honor anybody. Okay? They get on. They say what they want to say online. They treat people the way they treat. Listen, in this very school here, teachers have been beat up by students. It's crazy. In this very area, that is a culture of dishonor. You can go to Walmart or Target. I won't just pick on Walmart. I'll go other places. Food, food for less? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Winco, and you can drive and throw those aisles there, and you could see kids yelling at their moms and dads. Do those kids love their moms and dads? Yeah. Yeah, if you took their mom and dad away, they'd cry. But do they honor their mom and dad? No. See, but you got to understand something. When you dishonor God, it robs from you. So Cain made a decision. I'm not going to give God what he wants. I'm not going to honor him. I'm going to bring him what I can produce and what makes sense to me. And can I just tell you this, guys? We all have to fight that. We all have to fight that. It's time to tithe. It's time that you get paid and, and you look at, you know, oh, I got my check. And you start going, yeah, but I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. I'll tithe next month. See, what you just did is you said, I'm going to serve God the way it makes sense to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it this way. And when you do that, it's not that you don't love God, you don't honor God. And when you don't honor God, you hold up some things. I'm going to show you it in the word of God. That's what happened to Cain right here. But see, what Cain, what, what that dishonor opened up in Cain is something that we call now the spirit of Cain. See, when you dishonor the Lord, you bring yourself under something. You bring yourself under this spirit. And what does this spirit produce? What happened to Cain? After this situation, 
God comes to him and all God is looking for is a correction of the matter. He says, hey, man, what's the matter? I like to read it like this. God comes to him and he's like, why are you angry? (laughs) I should be angry. But God wasn't angry. He goes, why is your countenance low? I'm the one that you disobeyed. Come on, somebody. How many ever been there before? Your kids are mad because you punished them for not doing what they should have did. And now they're giving you attitude. And you're going, why are you mad? I'm the one coming home and none of this is done. I should be mad. That's what God's doing here. But if only Cain would have just fell on his face and said, God, forgive me. I made a mistake. I figured it out my way and I tried to do it my way. But did you know that's not what Cain did? Cain got angrier. And then, I'll get ready, he got jealous. See, anytime you refuse to change, it pollutes you. When you hear a word like this, this is where you got to learn to be honest with yourself. And it hits you. There's two responses. The response that's going to make you better or the response that's going to make you bitter. All Cain had to do is say, God, I'm sorry. I'm so stupid. Why did I? Okay, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to go get me. I'm going to get a sheep. We're going to do this right. He doesn't do that. Instead, he begins to blame Abel and his sacrifice. Isn't that what people do? Can I just tell you something? And I say this all the time. Quit blaming somebody else for your mess. Yeah, yeah, but they, no, just own it. Own it. Well, my ex, yeah, but you hooked up with him. Yeah, but you didn't listen to people that were trying to tell you not to hook up with him. Yeah, but he did this and he did that. I understand he did that, but you got to own your mess. Because as long as you're blaming, you're not changing. I know they jacked you up. I know, it was, I know your boss was a jerk. He was an alcoholic coming in with hangovers. I know that's why you lost your job. But hey, could you have done something better? Own your mess. Cain didn't own his mess. Cain looks at Abel and he says, it's all your fault. Mr. Do everything right. Come on, how many know some of you in your family look at you as the goody two-shoes? And they despise you. And you don't know why. You're at the family reunion. You're like, hey, everybody. everybody oh, it's him. Well, what I do? Nothing, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, Mr. Perfect, Mr. I don't drink Coronas anymore. <laughs> you want to know what that is? It's the spirit of Cain. It's the spirit of Cain. That's why you lost Facebook friends. You scroll and you go, I thought I was friends with them. And you ain't no more. <laughs> spirit of Cain. Can I just tell you what this spirit will, will, will do in your life? The spirit of Cain is still alive today. It comes to people that dishonor God. It entices you to offer God what makes sense rather than what God asked for. You know what it is? It's a compromising spirit. It's a compromising spirit. I'll go to church. I just won't be a member of it. I go to church, I just won't tithe. I go to church, I just don't serve. I go to church, I just don't get involved. I don't talk to nobody. So you're compromising now. See, that's what Cain did. Cain didn't just, didn't just go, bump you, God, I ain't bringing nothing. He thought, I love you, so I'm going to bring you something. It just ain't going to be what you asked for. 
hey, y'all, we do this. We do this. And it needs to stop. Why? Because it ain't hurting the Lord. It's hurting you and I. What does the spirit of Cain do? Well, it's a proud spirit. It's basically saying this. You know better than God. That's why sometimes we got to go through breakings in life because we're so full of ourselves that we got to hit rock bottom, that we have to have something like addiction break you up so you finally listen to somebody. We got to lose the job to finally you cry out to God because you just think you're all that. A proud spirit is an ugly thing. I'll tell you this. It's the only thing in the Bible God says I have to resist you when you're functioning in. Every other thing, he says, come to me, my, my arms are open. He says, but a proud spirit, I can't do nothing for you, man. Can't do nothing for you. That's what a Cain spirit says. It says, I know better than God. It's kind of like my single folks out there. Can I help the single folks again? I always do. Uh, the reason I help single people is if I can help you pick a good spouse, I don't have to counsel you through your divorce later on. I'm really being selfish. It's like when a single person reads in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Says it. Don't do it. Papa God, daddy is telling you, Mia, don't hook up with dudes that don't love God. Then he goes on to say, love is God. How can you fall in love with a dude that don't know God and God's love? He can't love you. And you know this. Man, you know this, and you still, uh, but he goes to church, uh, but, yeah, but you know, he, he says he's a believer, got that spirit of Cain, we're going to compromise here, God, if he says he goes to church, ask him his pastor's name. Oh, yeah, um, I don't even, I'll, that's when you get up. Well, I, I don't really go that much. <laughs> then you ain't saved. But see, I'm trying to bring this home because I want you to see we all do this. And so somebody knows that, and you still think you're going to win because you think you know better than God. And then we start pointing at others. Well, you know, so-and-so, they're married, and, you know, it worked for them. Listen, there will always be exceptions to the rule, but you never follow the exceptions to the rule. Never follow it. Maybe it worked for somebody else. Doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You know what will always work for you? Listening to God. He's a hundo. He's 100% every time. You listen to him. He don't miss. But what will the spirit of Cain cause you to do? What does pride cause you to do? I got this, God. Oh, he ain't saved yet, but he will be. Oh, she ain't saved yet, but I'll get her saved. I heard it all before. And I'm just telling you, today's your opportunity to change that. Because you're going to get better or bitter by this word. Amen? Let me keep going because I want to wrap this up. So this spirit of Cain, this dishonor, what does it do? It cuts you off from the abundant life. Listen to this. And it sentences you to a life limited by what you can produce. And this is what I see in the church around the world. See, this spirit, what happened to Cain? The Bible says because of his disobedience, he came under a curse and God pronounced something on him. He says, for the rest of your life, 
all you'll do is till the ground. What does that mean? That means for the rest of your life, Cain, you'll never go beyond what you can naturally produce. That's it. What is he saying? You can't tap the supernatural life. You can't tap the abundant life because you won't listen. And so the Bible says Cain wandered the earth only eating that which he produced. I don't know about you folks, but I don't want to be limited by my abilities. Come on, my income level, my education, my background. Uh -uh. I want to tap into the supernatural life to where I get to experience things that are beyond my pay grade. I get jobs that I don't qualify for. I go places that a person like me ain't supposed to be in. That's the abundant life. That's what you and I are supposed to be experiencing. And can I just tell you a little secret? I've experienced it. It's amazing. You can experience it too. I've had jobs, guys, where I sat across the person for the interview and they looked at my resume and they said, well, you know, this position that you're applying for, you need a BA and this and that, but I'm going to give you this job anyway. See what happened there? I went beyond what I could produce into a realm. The only reason I got the job was because God. Are you tracking with me today? Some of y'all have tasted that life. I shared with you last a little bit earlier about that resort we went to. Can I just tell you something? I couldn't have afforded that. I couldn't have afforded it. Right now, I don't have the income to have spent three days and three nights in Thailand at that resort. I don't have it. It's not in my pay grade. And even if I had it, Listen to this. Even if I had it, it wouldn't have been high on the priority list for me to spend the money there. But what God does is he comes and he says, let me give you something that is beyond what you can produce. You can have that, too. Oh, 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 guess what else he did for me? I met Tina. I had a little bit of swag. I had a little bit of game. But he gave me a wife that was beyond my pay grade. My ability naturally couldn't pull her. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm helping somebody in here. I'm helping some single dude right now that thinks it's about your shoes and your brands and trying to be a hype beast. No, you just need to tap into God. And God can give you something and somebody that when you're walking through the mall, and y'all know this, you look back and go, she's with him? <laughs> See, we're laughing, but this is how it works. So God pronounces a curse over Cain. He says, oh, you want to go by what you can produce? Then you will live the rest of your life based on what you'll produce. And can I tell you all something? Some of y'all come to church and you're just living by what you produce. Can we move out of that? Can we just say, you know what, God, I'm tired of living in houses that I can afford. Give me a house that's beyond my pay grade. 
God, I'm tired of just slaving and making ends meet just through this way and that way. God is saying, if you will offer to me honor, I'll take you beyond. That's what the abundant life is. John 10, 10, beyond your wildest dreams. The jobs everybody wants, you'll get them. The people that everybody wants to be around, you'll be around them. Can I just tell you, I've been in meetings with people. My wife and I were sitting at this lunch with this millionaire, and he's explaining to me, Pastor, you know, I just had a tough time a few years ago, and I lost $5 million, and he begins to tear up, and I begin to tear up too. I'm like, $5 million? He's saying, well, just, you know, it was a tough time in my life. I didn't know what I was going to do, you know. And, and my wife and I left there, and we go, what were we doing in a lunch with those folks talking about m- losing $5 million? You want to know what we were doing there? We were in a place that our natural ability would have never have put us in. But because we honor God, he puts you before kings. Last night. My, hanging out with my dad, and, and we were going to a game, and we had tickets, and Mondo wanted to come. So we said, all right, Mondo, come on, you know? Uh, and so Mondo's like, I got to get my ticket. We go to the line to get a ticket, and some lady comes up and says, hey, I got tickets right behind home plate for the River Cats game. I look at the thing on the wall. It says $100 tickets. I said, oh, we'll take all three. We went, and we sat right behind home plate, didn't pay a dime. Now, see, If I would have had $100, I wouldn't have spent it on that. But see, the abundant life will put you in positions that your natural ability won't put you in. Now, that's a little thing. That's a little thing. And please, don't take it like I'm bragging because it has nothing to do with me. It's what will happen when you get placed in the honor bracket. I need to close this up. And how do we honor God? You got to obey. Oh, it don't stop there. So, you know, this past June, uh, May, we went to the Philippines and or took my family with me. I thought, man, we're going to kind of work our vacation into uh, this trip. You know, I'm going to be preaching a lot, but we're going to get maybe three or four days. I told my kids we'll get to do some beach time. And when we went to the Philippines, man, God moved incredibly. But they kept adding meetings to my schedule. Hey, can you preach over here? Hey, can you go do this? And you know what? It wouldn't have been wrong for me to go you know what? I'm not going to do it. I need to spend some time with my family. And I almost did it until the spirit of God said, go, these people need you. So we went to this one island area and we had an amazing day. It was beautiful. And after we were done, our family went into lunch with the pastor and he was building a new building. We went in there and it was, and, and the construction was being done on bamboo poles and the floor was dirt. And they're all excited. Ah, oh, we're building a church. We're going to be able to have 100 people in here. And they're excited. And my wife and I are looking at it, and we're going, man, and we think we got it bad. Trying to get into this building on Florin Road that's got a roof, that's got rooms all ready to go. And the Lord said, this is why I brought you here. We prayed over the guy. We, sent him, we gave him an offering, an offering that would have probably just been equivalent to a, probably a month's wages for them. Wasn't, wasn't much for us. And we sowed that. So on that mission trip that was supposed to be partial vacation, we really didn't get to vacation much. And I went to my kids and I said, guys, I'm sorry. I said, this is what we do. We obey God. But God is not going to let you go without. We're going to do something when we get back. 
So when we got back, we had some precious friends here in the church. They said, hey, we've got some passes for Disney. Now, Disney don't ever give away the whole thing, but it'll give you 50% off. I said, glory, hallelujah. Then I had another person in the church say, hey, pastor, you know, we have a timeshare. That You guys are going down south. We'll give you our timeshare. You could stay right there across from Disney. I said, my God. Again, experiencing things that are beyond my pay grade because of obedience. Now, what is a testimony? That's all I'm doing is testifying. A testimony means in the Hebrew language, he'll do it again. He's going to do it for you. But you got to make a decision this Sunday. I'm going to stop dishonoring God. I'm going to stop talking myself out of the blessings of God. I'm going to stop serving God the way I think makes sense and just start doing what it says in the word. Let's get rid of that Cain spirit. You don't know better. You don't know better. Come on, do you, how much, many more times you got to fail? How many more times you got to keep messing things up in your life before you just come to the place of going, I don't know better? Today's the Sunday where you just settle. God, I'm going to lay what I think on the altar and I want to tap into the abundant life. And I'm not going to let dishonor steal from me anymore by talking myself out of obedience. Let's stand on our feet. going to go after this thing more next week but this morning the point is made and as you're here today you just nobody needs to know but you need to adjust something in your heart whatever it is the Lord's been requiring of you maybe it's time you go in the back and sign up to be a member of this church maybe it's time you start being a regular tither in the house of God Listen, in a few weeks, we're going to come to you asking you as we start our last phase of the building project, we're going to start taking pledges again. You just need to do what God tells you to do. Why? Because when you bring God an acceptable offering, which is honor, he releases to you things that you could never get on your own. Single people, it's time that you start understanding God has something better for you but you can't get it without his grace, his ability, his blessing. I want everybody to just close your eyes for just a moment. Father, as we hear this word, we respond. It cuts, Lord. It's, it's confronting. It's, it's, it's right there. But Father, we ask today that you help us deal with the spirit of Cain. We will not explain our way out of honoring you anymore. We will give you what you require. And in return, God, you will give to us your greatest blessings. And I just pray for everybody in the sound of my voice that is hearing this. May they not be like Cain and walk out of here unchanged, unbending, and say, I don't agree with that. But Father, may they just do what he wouldn't do and just say, God, forgive me. And from this day forward, help me to bow my knee to your word. Help me to honor what your word says in my life. Help me to obey in Jesus' name. Hey everybody, Pastor Sergio here, and we just want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Make sure you check us out next week as we continue this series.